0: Leaders come in all different shapes, sizes, and styles. There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Our goal is to connect with leaders who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and others, to learn about their unique leadership styles, and to provide our listeners with inspiration to lead. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. This is part two of our conversation with Greg Jascott from Xavier High School tune into our first podcast to see what you missed. What are some so you've been you've been in coaching and teaching for for quite some time. W- what are some of the barriers or challenges uh, you feel like you're currently facing to teach or coach leadership?
1: Um, you know I, I are you talking currently as in this situation or just in general
0: Just yeah in general. Or you could choose situationally or in general. I, I
1: think I'll, I'll talk in general first. I think you know I I always laugh uh, because a lot of a lot of people are quick to answer when you say what's challenging about coaching or leading now, and they'll say kids are different, um, and, and I I don't agree with that necessarily because I think I think the reality is that society is different and and the way kids are. I don't want to say raised because I'm not throwing this on just the parents. It's, it's the way the kids are, you know, their experience is so different now than what say our experiences were as as a kid. Um, And I think that kids aren't different. I think that expectations are different and uh, the way people, I shouldn't say people, the way kids are scrutinized in every single thing they do. Uh, You know, I, not too long ago, I had a conversation with a kid and and I said to him, I said, I, I, don't envy them because growing yep. up now is, is very challenging. It's, it's everything you do is under the microscope every day, whether it's in school at home with your friends in sports, it's out there. I mean, yep. if there's a, if a fight happens at a, at a school, that's 40 miles away, kids are going to find out about all over the place within seconds. And I, you know, everything is scrutinized. And when you're talking about athletics and, you know, it's everything's out there. And I think the kids face a great challenge in that they, you know, there's so much more of a focus on them now than there was when, you know, say you and I were growing up. Uh, when people say kids are different, they're not, I think expectations in in society is different. Um, I think, um, you know, I do think people handle kids different than they used to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, handle different situations differently with kids than they used to as well. Um, but when you say what's the, what's challenging about it, I think it's just being able to adjust to the the quote unquote norm. You know, yeah. I think that's, that's challenging in itself.
0: Um, I re- recently talked to a a, a, a coworker of yours, Mike Cunningham, and he, he had a very similar answer about, uh, and Mike Cunningham is a wrestling coach and assistant golf coach at Xavier high school about yeah, the kids, kids haven't changed. It's just, you know, how we hold them accountable and how we teach them and how they learn, like, you know, and, and a very similar answer there. Um, What do you think? First off, I thank God that like self cell phone recording and all that type of stuff and (laughs) social media was not around circa 1998 to 2002, maybe (laughs) 2000, maybe probably 2006. Um, What do you think that, that fact that everything is so out there right now. What do you think that does to not only an athlete's but just a a, a teenager's psyche? What do you think, think that the does? To that? Is,
1: I mean, I think the pressure is great on that. I mean, the pressures there's always pressure on them to to do well, or to word it in a different way, to not embarrass themselves. Um, and I, you know, the, the pressure is tremendous, and you know, it's nothing that a a kid is fully prepared to. To handle at times. And, you know, like I said, everything is so scrutinized and, and everything is at, at the finger, you know, push of a button or at, at everyone else's fingertip that, you know, it's almost in a sense not fair to, to these yeah. kids that they have to deal with this unneeded pressure uh, at such a young age. Um, and, I, and I think it's difficult. You know, I do. I think it's difficult.
0: Well, um, do you think that the fact that everything is so quick to be out there do you think that has led to like a fear of athletes pushing themselves to a point where well hell we might win but i we might lose too is there is there something do you think that's something that's holding athletes back from really truly giving all of themselves uh some maybe Uh, some maybe i you know i don't
1: i don't know uh for a fact i guess no one really knows except for them the ones going through it but uh yeah i think there I think there are still plenty of athletes who are who are willing to you know put their everything into something to to obtain a goal yeah. um you know in terms of is it holding some back maybe it could be um you know for some it's probably you know the fear of failure yeah you know that in in knowing that so many people are gonna know about it uh so quickly um you know that that probably deters kids from from a participation but maybe be like you said really really putting themselves out there and in, in trying to get to where they want to be but
0: i, I look back i look back it was probably 2003 i was applying for my first job out of college and i i didn't get the job and i remember getting in my car and there was, like, that moment of – or not – it was, you know, driving back and then, I, you know, finding out I didn't get the job, at, you know, at some point a couple of days after. And there was, like, a moment of, like, oh, damn. And then it was kind of on to the next thing. And I could – looking back on it now as someone who's almost 40 years old, you know, almost attribute that to, like, you know, you know there were games when we, we were playing up at Farm Hill School where we won. And then there were games, what you know, regardless of basketball, football, baseball, where you just got your ass kicked. And the next day you went back up there and played again. And I, I think that, you know, having bit going through those experiences as, as a kid kind of helped me personally say, all right, yep, fell short. How do we get a little bit better next time? And I, I just hope that that fear of failure isn't holding kids back from having those same types of experiences because those same types of experiences – are so low risk now, but the reward is so great down the road.
1: Yeah. I, I and mean, I think that, you know, you can't be afraid to fail. Um, you, you really can't be. And I, 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 say that to kids all the time. And I said that in the coaching class that I taught, is you can't be afraid to fail, but you also can't be afraid to learn from your failure. Yep. Um, you know, and, and you, it takes guts, like you said, to, to look at some of the times you fail and um, you know, you got to be willing to do that.
0: What are some of the, what are some of the strat, knowing that, right? What are some of the strategies or tactics you've tried to put in place, whether it be in practice or off season stuff that have helped the athletes realize that and have those practices worked for you?
1: Uh, well, I mean, just so I can speak in general about my practice in, in, as a whole, I think, you know, a couple of years back, um, as I said earlier, I, I spent, each offseason focusing on different aspect of, of me as a coach and what we what I do, um, one of the things I spend a ton of time on is, is the practice schedule and the practice plan for the offensive half of practice. And I made drastic adjustments to how we practiced, and my thought was to keep the kids engaged um, for as long of a period as possible. Um, you know, when I first started as an offensive coordinator in 2014, practices were basically the same every day it was we're going to do this this and then this period move on practice over a couple years back when I adjusted things accordingly I spent a ton of time thinking about the kids that we coach how they respond to different situations Um, you know one of the things I started doing is our segments of practice are much shorter higher tempo higher pace so that way there it does two things one it keeps the kids fully engaged throughout the entire practice because they know they're moving along pretty quickly. But two, if they do fail or have a bad period, they're they got a chance to redeem themselves in the very next period, which is going to be another five or 10 minute quick burst period. Um, you know, those are all things I took into consideration when I was when I was thinking about the practice plan. Um, you know, and and that's something I try to continue to work on and making sure that we're practicing things the right way and giving the kids the, you know, the opportunity to learn things well. um, you know, but also, again, learn to overcome their quote-unquote challenges in practice each day. You know, if we're, just to, to be specific, if you're talking about a wide receiver, if a kid has a case of the drops in individual period, well, he has another opportunity five minutes later to, to fix it in a, a pass period on air, or a seven-on-seven seven period, or uh, whatever it may be. And same thing, kid has a quarterback has a bad seven-on-seven seven period, well, he's got an opportunity to fix it the next period, because everything's pretty, you know, quick, and we're always moving, trying to you know like i said keep things uh at a high tempo and keep the kids engaged yeah. um but i also do think that that emotional piece ties into it as well
0: absolutely and i think i think doing that you know again i not current on practice planning but what you know showing a showing an athlete that hey you failed here we got a brand new period coming up and it's another it's an opportunity to succeed and the more kids work through that and and are supported through that process of yep i sucked it up here but then I came back and had a great freaking period right after that. The more they have those opportunities, the more comfortable they are with saying, "Yep, it was just one missed pass; it shouldn't affect yeah. the next ten plays." Yeah,
1: and, I, and and you know when you when you deal with younger younger athletes, you know that, that's tougher for them to understand. You know as they as they grow and mature, it obviously becomes a little bit easier for them to understand and recognize. Yeah, uh, but I can speak on specific experiences when you deal with a young kid who's going through a bad, you know, a bad segment it's my I can't just say hey you're out this this period 100% guess what he failed now I sh- he shows it or I'm showing him if I th- take him out of the next drill I have no faith in him or I don't think hook, he can yeah. fix it you know I got to give him the opportunity as well um you know football football is unique in itself in practice it's you know we're not in a situation where we are two platoon and we have just a you know 2 hours <laughs> of offense 2 hours of defense and um you know so everything's pretty pretty quick um you know, so you're, you're talking about trying to get as many of the 70 kids involved in some way, whether it's on the starting team, a rotational wide receiver or running back. Uh, you know, you're talking about trying to keep three, four quarterbacks in some sort of um, in some sort of groove. Uh, then you got scout teams and things like that, uh, and different drills. So, you, know, you try to get as many kids involved as you could and give them opportunities to, um, to A, showcase their abilities, but B, uh, improve and, and C, correct any mistakes that they made at at some point you know the day before the or in an earlier period that practice
0: absolutely yeah the 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 mentality of providing the opportunities to fail providing the opportunities to get a little bit better and then providing the coaching the leadership the support so they have the tools in their toolbox to get better the next time around huge um for 11 years, you know, within power, I've worked with a, a bunch of different types of groups, from like fourth and fifth graders all the way up to you know professional athletes and and every type of group in between. You know, corporate, you know, CEOs. Um, one of the common things that I see in these groups is, you know, I'll use like the the fourth grade, you know, team building program as an example where I'll, you know, you'll talk to the teachers and and this isn't just teachers. This is across the board where they where they focus so much of their time and energy on like the 85 to 95 percent of their students or their employees who, you know, struggle to always do things the right way. And there's less time and energy spent on like the 10 percent who, like, you know, you look at a kid right now at Xavier and say, wow, I don't know what that kid's going to do in five years, but whatever it is, they're going to freaking crush it. Give me Mm -hmm. an example of uh, a, you know, tremendous leader that, that you've recently witnessed from one of your athletes or one of your student athletes. You know, we're talking about that, that, Five, 10% right here.
1: Um, uh, this one's kind of easy. Um, <laughs> as I said earlier, two years ago, we won two games and uh, we played probably four different quarterbacks, three or four different quarterbacks. Um, one of those being a junior at the time. Um, going into his senior year, we had three talented young quarterbacks. Uh, so going into this past season, And uh, I sat down with that young man, and I told him I was going to move him from quarterback after playing quarterback for the previous three. Um, And I I was going to move him to wide receiver. Um, And, you know, and and the kid took it and was, was, you know, accepted the challenge, if you will, and uh, was excited about the new opportunity. Uh, But, you know, we went through this past season um, with a, a kid at quarterback who ended up getting hurt in the last week of the season. Uh, at the time, the backup quarterback was hurt as well, um, so I took this kid who was at one point quarterback and put him in a quarterback that game. Now, fortunately, I had somewhat prepared for it the previous couple of weeks, <laughs> um, just just because. Um, so he was, you know, at least had had some some preparation and <laughs> practice. But uh, <laughs> the kid, the kid took it. Uh, you know, he. he Ran with it and, um, you know, did an unbelievable job of leading the team back to to victory. In fact, we won on a uh, two-point conversion uh, in the fourth quarter with a, about a minute and change left on the clock. Um, but, you know, and just looking at the experience, I mean, that kid very well could have looked at me like I was insane when I approached him a couple of weeks prior to that game and said, I'm not going back to the quarterback. You just moved me from quarterback at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, but the kid did it. Uh, he did it for, for all the right reasons. He did it for his team. He knew that, you know, we if we needed him in a pinch, that he would, you know, would be prepared to do it better than anyone else that hadn't done it um, all year. And, um, you know, to me, it just spoke a lot about his character. Um, and he's a tremendous young man, tr- tremendous young man, um, you know, and and he's, in fact, going on to play college football as a, as a receiver um but it really really you know spoke to the kid's character and I, I was truly amazed at you know his ability and willingness and ability to to do what he did um you know and i and I, I truly appreciated it as a coach and uh you know it was it was a uh, honor to be a part of it to be honest with you
0: yeah and it's it's great to hear of a young athlete who is willing to give of himself for the benefit of the 60 some odd other guys that are on the team. Um, that's a absolutely inspiration. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, describe an experience, a personal experience for you and it could be from childhood or or more recent that has shaped you as a leader.
1: Uh, I think my, um, you know, I started coaching. I really didn't know if I wanted a coach, to be honest with you. I was 22, 22 years old, I believe. Um, never, never had done it before. Uh, I really didn't didn't know what I was doing, I guess you could say. I mean, you're, <laughs> you, you show up every day and, you, you know, you do your best to coach the kids. But it was, you know, get in the car and go home after that. Um, it wasn't until a couple years in that um, a gentleman came on the staff. Um, who who challenged me he you know questioned my uh dedication and challenged me and uh kind of called me out uh in front of the other freshman coaches and at the time and um I took it to heart uh you know and I I said I'm not going to get called out by this guy and and I'm going to show him that (laughs) I'm going to show him that I have the you know I have the ability to become a better coach and uh you know and, and that was an experience that I, I probably won't forget. Um, because I listen, I was young. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was an experience that, that certainly shaped who I am as a coach. Because I think a lot of that played into why I work as hard as I work now as a coach. Um, you know, that kind of kicks. I mean, I can remember that weekend after it happened, going out and buying a whiteboard from CVS, a little whiteboard and some Expo <laughs> markers, and you know, drawing up plays and you know. Learning everything and from that point forward I mean I spent time you know, I worked for two, two other offensive coordinators after that um, I, I learned their offensive their offenses inside and out I tried to learn it as well as they knew it yeah um, you know and then you know same thing with as I took over as the coordinator in 2014 you know that that drive from that experience kind of helped helped me get to where I'm at today in, in the offense that we're running today I mean, I always laugh at, you know, what we were doing in my first year as a coordinator compared to what we're doing now. Uh, but again, it's a lot of that's because of the work ethic that I that I gained, I guess I should say, uh, from that from that experience. And it wasn't just that experience. I mean, I, you know, I I look back and, uh, you know, I think uh, Sean Marin, the first head coach who called me up and asked me to coach on his staff, um, you know, and just his his work ethic. Yeah. And, you know, that that in itself is an experience that shaped who I am. Uh today you're talking about a guy who would would be at the school from seven fifteen AM to seven fifteen or later PM every night of the week. Yeah. Uh in season, out of season, didn't matter. Um, you know, so that that certainly played into shaping who I am as a coach today as well.
0: Oh, I can you said it a little while ago about your, you know, looking at your playbook from two thousand fourteen to what it is now, and it's uh, I can attest to it. Um how the game has changed our our father tony was a, was a coach in the you know in the, in the 70s as an assistant and then a head coach for a bit in the 80s and 90s and uh we laugh now we'll have lunch with him and he'll pull out you know two photocopied pages with hand drawn you know eight plays and uh and then you look at your playbook now and it's, there's 80 pages so <laughs> uh, <more laughs> they, like they, 120 but all right there you go
1: <laughs> um, no I should a- yeah, I, I think I think things have certainly evolved, but it it always is fun to look back at some of that stuff because the reality is this: the the basis of what you do doesn't hasn't really changed. Yeah, if you really yeah. look and dive deep into an offense, it really you know a lot of the principles and in. in you know, schemes and stuff like that come, come back, you know, go back decades.
0: So. That's right. That's right. I love my favorite football play to date is power six pass with a little bit of the H uh, back motion. You know, it's uh, <laughs> unstoppable in my eyes. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to move on to some, uh, you know, I, one, one longer question and then again, get into some rapid fire, quick hits. Uh, describe right. a moment of either failure or success. So you could pick and how it shaped you as a leader.
1: Uh, um, moments of failure or success. I'm trying to pinpoint the one I want to talk about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got a moment uh, yeah. of failure for you while you're thinking about it. And, uh, just, just to bring up, open up an old wound. There was a, a flag football intramural league that we had played in at spring when we were at Springfield together. And I remember spent most of the game baiting you as like a a middle linebacker in zone coverage and, and eventually got an interception. I think the ball hit my neck, but I ended up catching it. And as I was returning it for a touchdown, you were the last defender to beat. And I, I, and I, I might remember this differently than you do, but I'm going to tell my story. There was a fake pitch to one of my teammates and I think both of your ACLs (laughs) popping out of the knees and one of your shoes fell off and you were on the ground as I did my best Deion Sanders impersonation. Uh, it's well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Does, does that? I'm going
1: to tell, <laughs> tell that. I'm going to tell a story differently because I do. I do agree with you that you picked me off. I don't think it was the same play. That hit you in the throat because the play I hit you in the throat. I believe you were on the ground, unable to breathe for a couple of minutes. So, uh, but I do agree with you. You did. You did. Uh, you did take one back to the house, and I just don't recall that you juked me like that. I think I probably walked with my head down to the side of the end. <laughs> No, I mean. The, re- the reality is this. I look back at, you know, as, a, as an athlete, and I think you would agree with this, uh, both my brothers and I, you know, you, Matt, myself, you know, we weren't ever, you know, none of us were ever super talented. No. Um, you know, in terms of athletically, um, you know, our whole life, our, all of our lives as, as athletes, we had to work hard for anything that we wanted. Um my moment of failure, and I guess it's, you know, it's not just one moment, but I, you know, as I look back and something that helped shape who I am today as a coach is my experience as a high school football player. Um, I didn't work as hard as I should have. Yeah. Um, you know, now granted, it was also part of, it was also the culture at the time. Yeah. But individually myself, I didn't work as hard as I could have. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't study as much as I should have the, the playbook. Um, you know, I didn't lift weights as often as I should have. Um, I kind of went through the motions more times than not. And I, oftentimes I did a lot of blaming the coaches instead of mm-hmm. blaming myself. Um, and, you know, and when I look back at that and I, and I listen, it is what it is. I'm not going to like hang on it or, you know, live with it, you know, let it, I'm not going to lose my mind over it or anything like that. But, you know, I look back at that, and, you know, as a coach now, I, I want to make sure I don't do that as a coach. You know, yeah. I can't go through the motions. I, I have to work hard. I have to try to outwork the guy that's next to me. And, and as I said, am I the best coach in the world? No, I have a, you know, I have so much, so many areas that I can improve. Um, it's the moment that I feel that I'm the best coach that I'm going to stop coaching because that means I'm not doing the guys that I coach with any justice. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not working hard enough for the kids that I coach. But I look back as a, as a player and I, I know like you say, I, I definitely didn't work as hard as I should have. I blamed a lot of other people. Uh, so now as a coach and you know part of what shaped me is is that and that I want to work I want to try to outwork everyone um and I, I I gotta listen the fault sometimes falls on you that's the reality yep. of it you know yep. if, if you know if we have a bad practice and 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 I'll tell you a quick story and I I told the story to my coaching class and it was the first time I ever I had ever done it in my career uh 15, 15 years in um this past season, we had a really, really terrible offensive practice. I mean, just one period got worse than the, the next, <laughs> um, and it drove me nuts. And I, I didn't, I didn't lose my mind at practice. I mean, I spoke sternly with the kids, and um, you know, for for the people that do end up listening to this and that don't know me that well, I am not a you know lose my mind, yell, scream, rant, no, rave type of coach. I'm a very, learner, yeah. I'm a very low key, um, obviously firm um instructor uh you know and i i I was very angry that day at how practice was going and it just you know i i was down my shoulders were slumped my head was probably down at times and i could see that the kids were watching that yeah and it didn't really register with me until after practice that day so the next day we went out to practice I obviously had hopes that we would have a better day, but I, I was still thinking about what had happened the day before. I called the offense together before we went into our first group period. And I said, that I apologized yep. to the team. And I said that my body language played into practice more than your actions did. Yep. And that was on me yesterday. And I apologize for that. And I, it was, It was a humbling experience, to be quite honest with you, because I didn't know how the kids were going to respond to it. Um, You know, we ended up having a decent practice after that. You know, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to say that we had the best practice in the world. I mean, I know we had a good practice, but um, yeah, I think as as coaches, you have to be willing to recognize, and this goes back to what I talked about at the beginning, you have to be willing to recognize that that you failed or, you, you know, you didn't do as much as you could have or you did something wrong. Um, and I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of coaches out there who who think that everything they do is the right way and the only way and, you know, that they don't mess up. Uh, it was a humbling experience. And uh, I told the coaching class that, and all of the kids that were on the football team in that class, I think there were six of them, yeah. they all remembered that exact moment. Um, and they weren't—they said they weren't expecting a coach to do that at the time. And, again, I'm sure there are other coaches who have done the same thing, but I felt it was necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, but it goes back to, goes back to what i was saying. You know, my my experience as a player shaping who I who I am as a coach. I think, you know, that was one of those moments where I was probably hanging my head and hanging my shoulders. Cause I was trying to look for everyone else to blame, but myself at that time. Um, but the reality was, I think it was more me than anyone else.
0: Yep. that's a, accountability one on one right there. When you, yep. When you mess up, when you fall short, own it have the courage to own it have the courage to get better from it great great lesson and that you know obviously applies above and beyond just the football field and coaching football that's in any aspect of leadership um is the ability to recognize when you fall short and own it and get better from it yep. um yeah. childhood idol and role model why you have one sentence
1: childhood idol and role model
0: child yeah idol or role model and why Childhood.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Cleats Colavito, our nice. grandfather. And I, you know, and he, I'm gonna keep this as quick of a second sentence as possible. But <laughs> probably didn't realize it when I was a kid. Probably realized it more when I became an adult. But uh, Cleats was one of the hardest working people that I had ever met. Um, you know, he he would have worked until the day he passed if he could have. Uh, tough. He was tough uh but fair yeah um you know he challenged himself uh, he challenged his his kids his grandkids uh you know so i think that you you again i probably didn't recognize when i was a kid but you look back and you you realize it so
0: 100 percent. um uh, a current leadership inspiration for you john Marinan.
1: uh Sean First guy I hired me at Xavier. He was head coach for a number of years. Um, he's the one that hired me. Um, he, he, like I said, was one of the hardest working people I've ever been around. He cared a great deal about the kids that he coached. He cared a great deal about the school. Um, you know, and he was, it was really inspirational to to see what he did on a daily basis and weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Um, and a truly, truly someone that I look to um, and appreciate all his mentorship and guidance throughout the years.
0: Absolutely um uh you could pick one of the three a book a movie or a tv show that has recently had an impact on you positive or negative
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna actually i'm gonna flip the script on you a little bit i'm gonna pick a book that i'm going to read because of what someone had told me i like Um, it it's called trillion dollar coach um it's about a gentleman who was a college football coach and ended up being uh one of silicon valley's like uh you know big um um that was the word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the word, but he, he ended up uh, working with a ton of the big corporations out in Silicon Valley, like Google, Amazon, yeah. and all that stuff. But uh, when I, anyway? The, I was I was having lunch with an, uh, with an alum um, who who told me to read this book. Um, he said there's a lot of good leadership uh, leadership stuff in there, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading it because of that. Um, he said while it's mo- mainly focused on business. Um, the the leadership tactics and, and things that he discussed in there certainly apply to uh, coaching, uh, education, et cetera. So yep.
0: that's uh, amazing that's how it's a great answer. And it's, it's funny how a, a skill that can be useful in you know the corporate world is also something that applies to coaching or education or, you know, home life or whatever it might be. So good point. Yeah. Um, this is always a fun one a song or a musical artist the first song you put on when you need to get like freaking jacked up for something when you need to get fired up for a situation
1: i'm uh so going back to what i said earlier this will be a, this will be pretty quick but i'm a, I'm a relatively calm person by nature when it comes to <laughs> comes to coaching so believe it or not i listen to frank sinatra before games to calm my nerves uh I don't know why and when I started doing it, but, uh, you know, I'll sit in my office and put on Pandora Sinatra station, or, you know, if I am in my car driving to a game, I'll listen to Frank Sinatra on uh, the satellite radio. Um, it's, it's, uh, it calms me down and kind of gets my nerve, you know, keeps my nerve from, uh, going crazy before a game.
0: (laughs) No, great answer. Great answer. (laughs) um, Obviously, you got you know every you know you're out of school for a while right now. What what's next for you, Greg Jaskot, as a leader?
1: Uh, well, I started yesterday. I started contacting some of our kids um, just to check in with them. I know it's only been a few days, but just to make sure they're doing well and their families are doing well. Uh, I'm going to continue to do that on a daily basis. Just pick a handful of kids uh, each day. Um, I'm going to try to try to get on Skype or something with the quarterbacks just to you know. Check in with those guys and have a quick meeting. Uh, and like I said, you know, see how things are going and making sure that they're keeping up with their schoolwork and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm, I set up already uh, Skype meetings with uh, the offensive coaches. I have two this Sunday uh, one with the skill guys, one with the offensive line guys, and uh, just to keep in touch and uh, keep working on things that we would normally work on in, in normal circumstances. So, you know, I'm going to try to continue plugging along and, uh, and getting things done and you know prepare be prepared to uh get back to normal life if you yep. will
0: yep absolutely well greg i absolutely appreciate you for being on for taking the time out of your day um this uh went a little longer than i told you it would take and uh, you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that um and just know you know one yeah, you know, inspired by what you do on a daily basis, proud of what you've become as a coach. Um, And it's great to watch you and see the impact that you have on, you know, a a group of young boys right now and and what you've helped them to develop into uh, as young men and, you know, keep it up, keep on, you know, challenging yourself and and, and keep on getting better and uh, excited for the upcoming football season when that comes around. And again, really appreciate you being on today with us. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure. Greg Jascott, uh, associate of advancement at Xavier High, associate director of advancement at Xavier High School, uh, assistant football coach at Xavier High School, the offensive coordinator. Uh, thank you again. Um, and just remember, great leaders look, sound, and feel different. However, there is a common thread that connects all tremendous leaders. Those leaders spend the majority of their time out of their comfort zone and in their stretch zone not settling for that which is comfortable because nothing exceptional is ever accomplished from being comfortable. Thanks again. We'll check you out next time. Greg Jaskot, Xavier High School.